All right, guys, we've been jamming in the pod room for a little bit now already. We got Cress Johnson in here. We, we we've been having a good time, so we're ready to rock and roll now. Yeah. Cress, thanks for coming. Man, we have uh, let's see. We've technically known each other for like ten years, eleven years, something like that. Eleven, yeah. And in the mission field, we call it killing your companion. Um, which is funny. <laughs> Basically, it just means that um, you were going home. Yeah, it's your last transfer. So I got to spend one transfer, six weeks, an LDS mission to your sabbatical with Cress. Um, we knew each other throughout the mission for at least a year, at least, uh, if not more, mm-hmm. but then, um, but then I was your last companion. We had a heck of a time. Yeah, actually, that was actually, I, I have to, uh, kind of expound on that because it was a really pinnacle moment of my mission. Um, I don't know if you remember, but when you came like, so when I was out on my mission, like I, like for the first six months, like I would see these guys, they would, and I actually, I killed off a missionary um, my uh, six months in, you know, and he didn't want to work. Hmm. Like it was super difficult, man. Like it was really hard for me because like, I was yeah. just like, I, I love to work. Like that's what I'm here for. You know, I'm working. And so I don't know if you remember, dude, but we sat down that first um, companionship planning and I was like, brother, I was like, I want to work my absolute hardest this last transfer and I don't want to slow down. Like, I don't want to, like, die off like the rest of them. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, dude, but we went ham. We went like, crazy. We went hard. And I remember we had to take, like, the last day and a half off just so I could pack my stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> dude, it was so intense. But it actually, yeah. like, not only did that, like, I would say that actually set me up for a lot of success in, like, my future years. Oh, that's cool. Um, but it also, it was... Cause I was actually talking about this with one of my neighbors like a week ago. And mm. I was like, you know, if I would have like took that last six weeks off, like it's super common. I was yeah. like, I guarantee you, I would still regret it. I'd still be like, ah, I wish I would have went harder. Yeah. You know, but I don't yeah. like, I do not like, I don't have any regrets of not work. Cause I dude, I went super hard my whole mission, but that last six weeks, dude, like, Dude, I swear we only were at the house just to sleep. Oh, man. It felt like we were home late every night. Every night, dude. Every single night. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the only transfers where I felt like we were teaching all day, every day, like throughout the whole day. Because a lot of times you're out knocking doors and finding people, right? Right. So that was an amazing... And (laughs) I joked with your wife the other day. I said, you know what? And you didn't hear this. I'm going to tell you now. When we were (laughs) on our mission, uh, one of the things that I thought was funny is I looked at our our like contact list or the investigators, I guess you call it right of who we were teaching. And it was like 95% female. (laughs) It was so funny. I'm like, here's Chris. He's a good looking guy. He's in good shape. And uh, we knock on doors and it's just like the women would listen to us. And it was like, it was just kind of funny, but that's true. Every oh, single man. person, I remember one companionship in, uh, inventory or whatever, when we're looking at everybody, it was like 95% women. Yeah, dude. It was funny. <laughs> so anyway, really good times in yeah. Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Pumped to have you on. So you grew up in Delta, Utah, right? Holden. Holden, which right is close. Next door, right next door. Okay. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that. Like you, you're on a farm or like what? It's a, it's a small town. It's super small. 350 people. Like shout Ooh. out to all my Holden people. Really small. Um, yeah, super small, man. And all so, my people, like the three <laughs> yeah, dude, like everybody's gonna hear it. Yeah. But no, um, so I grew up <laughs> in this. It is a farming community. Like, um, 
you know, like every, a lot of people farm like for hay, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I grew up with cattle, horses. Like I grew up with a, with a hard nosed dad, like mm. super good man. But dude, he taught me how to work, you yeah. know, like that good old boy way, you know? And so I would never trade a thing for that small town living. You know, it was actually like being raised in that, like, I, I just ex- just have so much gratitude because like now that I've like lived some life, which I'm still super young, you know, I'm, I'm not old at all. I look old, but, um, it's a beard. yeah, it's the beard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so, but like, I look at it and like, and, and you know, I ran some companies and I worked with a lot of younger individuals throughout my career. And you would just kind of see that, like a lot of these folk that would come from the big city, nothing against the big city. Cause there's some grinders from that, but sure. that, that like gritty hard, like just work, work, like that's all that there is. Like that has transferred into every single area of my life. Which, and I'm going to point this out that it doesn't always translate in crazy success. Sometimes the thing that handicaps people I found from the small town, and, and again, it's nothing wrong with that either, is that they they focus too much on the blue collar and that I'm working and mm-hmm. I'm the one I'm mm-hmm. the one pushing and I don't leverage and I just got to sweat and. And, and then they are, their income stays super low or sure. they just don't realize their true potential because they just love the work, Yeah, which can, can be a good thing in a way. I mean, for mental health too, or whatever, yeah. like just be, to be able to work, but it doesn't really set you up for the future, but you've been able to do something different. I feel like you've been able to translate and you're one of the few that I think comes out of it and, and thinks big. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like you, you weren't, you were raised in a small town, but you, you're, you're not a small thinker. No. Um, Honestly, like I, like it, it's definitely evolved into like bigger thinking, but to kind of echo off what you said, I think one of the problems is, is people like from small towns, they work so hard, mm. but they need to actually channel that into working smarter, like slow down, slow it down, find something where your money works for you Yeah, think instead of just being like, Oh man, like maybe if I can buy one rental then I could make it, you know, yeah. or if I just do this job and then I'm retiring when I'm 65, which like I said, like, I think everybody, they, they have their place in this world. Like we need everybody on what they're doing. Yeah. You know, we need our mm-hmm. landscapers. We need, you know, our pest control guys. We need, you know, um, plumbers. Like we need those kind of people. Like, like literally our society functions on that. But what I think that is the problem is that people like wrap their minds up so much in just that work when they can actually take that to something else and like I said work smarter and so you don't have to work so hard to become successful like you literally just have to channel that into a direction where your hard work starts working for you on the back end like you don't have to sit there and just be like oh dude I'm pedaling my wheels just to make this you know 20 bucks an hour 30 bucks an hour and that's all I'm ever gonna do Love it. I mean one of my good friends has always told me He's a millionaire and he's our age, you know, he's in his early thirties and he's just like, I'm totally okay with working hard today for an easier tomorrow, but I'm not okay working hard today for a hard tomorrow. Right. And that's, I think the difference is what is it compounding into? Yeah. Do you have a plan? Mm. Where's it going? Where's it headed? And I think a lot of them to their, to their credit, like they're, they're really good at putting their head down and just busting their butt yeah oh dude and that's what they have for them yeah like they literally have that one up on so many people that they're willing like i am literally willing to just grind through the pain the hardship and put my head down through it yeah but it's almost like we have to like 
breathe and like pull your head out and just be like, okay, where am I going? Yeah. What direction am I headed? I'd love to coin this, but I can't. I gotta <laughs> give it. I gotta give. It, <laughs> I gotta give this to Andy Frizzella. But he's like, dude, you gotta choose one or the other. Like it's hard this way and it's hard that way. Yeah. So choose your heart. And your heart could be, dang, dude, like I'm so financially strapped and this is so difficult. This is so hard. Or your heart could be, I literally grind. My day is structured. I have everything scheduled. I literally put in all the hours to make sure that I, and not only I, but the people around me are successful. Mm-hmm. That's your heart. That isn't easy. Yeah. If anybody is listening to this and they think that literally being successful is this super easy, like flowy, as soon as I make it, I just kind of take a step back. Yeah. You'll never make it there. Yeah. Yeah. You never will. Like that's no. the mentality that I think a lot of people have to let go of is as soon as I make it, dude, I'm like, brakes are on, I'm yeah, coasting, yeah, yeah. we're chilling, right? Right. But, dude, you never make it when that happens. No, and, and there's a fulfillment that's missing. I think that the fulfillment comes from pushing towards something. And, yeah. and people who say that to me, I, look, I, I've seen some people in golf carts, right, the golf course, right? And they're chilling, having a beer, and they're just sitting around, and they're yeah. loving their life doing nothing. Right. And, they're like, and I hear them talk about it. I <laughs> like, I love not doing anything. And I'm like, mm. that's hell to me. Yeah. That is the definition of hell to me because mm-hmm. I don't feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I, I'll be pushing till the day that I can't. Because that's oh, what make that's what fires me up. That's yeah. what makes me feel good. I can't imagine life without that. Yeah, and uh, I'm not the guy that I I think can do the same thing every single day. Where, you know, I'm like read the newspaper and have my you know breakfast, and then I'm like gonna take a nap and like and no like, and go right. play golf. Like I feel like yeah. I have to add value to a human being that day, or I can't mm. lay down. That's a good way to look at it. Like, hey man, like. Because, dude, that we could really echo off that one for a while because, like, what you're doing is you've already created this self-love, right? This self-respect for you. And because you've done that, you can actually branch that into other people. But until that happens, you can't give everything that you have to other people unless you take care of yourself. You can't pour from an empty cup. No. Right? No. And I I really have to, I really want to echo off what you're saying, the fulfillment side of things, yeah. because I actually was able to live that side of it. And I'll tell you what happened. Yeah. Um, so I'd done pest control. Um, you know, I got into the ownership side of things. Loved it, man. Loved building the business. Loved creating, opening new offices. Like, it was super fun. And I was successful at it. Like, literally love sales, man. Like, that's me. Like, yeah. I'm a sales guy. Like, yeah. I'll sell you anything yeah. on any day. So another reason why we're good missionaries. Right, good right, dude. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, technically it is sales. But when you become passionate about something, like, it's it's not even really sales. Like, it's a transfer of energy. Like, you're so passionate about it, they feel it. But, so, um, I went through that process, and I sold my equity in 2021, got out of it just was like what am i going to do next but what i had done which was totally like if anybody's ever hearing this that you're in door-to-door sales and you get out of it and you're like i am never going back to door-to-door sales that was what i told myself Mm. like i'm done i'm starting something new but what that did for me was like i was like i was kind of like almost waiting for the opportunity so Mm. i took a whole year off dude Mm. i didn't work for a whole year and I can attest that when there is not that fulfillment side of things, because you can have all the money in the world. And if you don't have fulfillment, dude, you're depressed. Yes. And I got super depressed. Like 
he got to a point, man, where I got kind of wrecked. Like, yeah. and my wife was like, dude, you got to start doing something with yourself. Like, yeah, you, you took this year off and you know, you've went ham for the last, you know, 11, 12 years of, of, of door to door sales. You built you something, but what are you doing? Yeah. You know? And so what happened, dude, is like, I, so I started kind of dipping into like solar cells and all that stuff. But like, I can attest to you right now, like it does not matter how much money you have. If you are not finding something that fulfills you as a man or even as a woman, like as a man, like a big part of fulfillment is providing, is providing for your family. Like your wife gives the input yeah. and you give the output. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what, like that's mm. why I like women are so special is they literally with that's for at least for me anyways, but like the input that my wife has given me has always helped me reach to that next level. And then that's what gives me that, that burst to go do that output, to go provide and to give what my family needs. And so I can million percent attest that you can't be fulfilled sitting around dinking around, yeah. like not doing something. Yeah. Like even if you're like, dude, I got all the money in the world, you'll still be depressed. Yeah. Like you'll still, it'll catch you. And the thing that you're doing right now is you're separating the two. And I think a lot of people don't. They think that money is success. And I just came out with a reel on this on my Instagram and mm. all of my social media. It was just like, what is success? I, I get so fired up about when people say, oh, he's successful. Oh, she's successful. Right. Well, you, you don't even know what that means. What are you saying? Is it <laughs> is it the amount of money that they're making? That's what we do. That's what we try to measure it. At. And, and I think it has its place. Like, it's a way to keep score. Sure. And it's a way to push you to think bigger, to, yeah. to do more things. But mo money is neutral. Sure. And I still also believe that God wants good people with money because good people with money will do more good things. It's an amplifier. Yeah. hundred percent. It's neutral, man. Mm -hmm. Like completely there. And a lot of people don't look at it that way. No. They, and I actually, I, I can say that because I never used to look at it that way either. Um, I have to say my self-worth throughout my entire door-to-door -door sales career was attached to my wealth. Mm -hmm. And did that push me? Heck yeah, it did. Mm. Like, did it push me? But I can tell you right now, if I would have went back and I would have actually found real fulfillment and actually fulfilled myself first yeah. and found my, like, my self-worth, like, of who I actually truly am, not no money, no car, no house, like, none of that crap attached – I guarantee you I would have been way wildly more successful. Yes. Like I know it. Like I know that I could have burst through more barriers. I could have went further. But because when stuff doesn't go exactly the way you want it to, like financially, or even that day on like, hey, I wanted, you know, 15 cells today and I only got six. Yeah. You start to beat yourself up because you're like, dude, like that's where your self-worth is attached. Right. And then you end up just crumbling. Right. You know? Or what happens if you lose it all? I mean, this is the thing that we talk about all the time on this podcast, and I tell people all the time, is you have to build the business man before you build the business plan. You can give anybody a business plan, and any numbnut can be able to go and figure it out and follow right, the plan. Right. But if you're not, like, it's the race car versus the driver, right? Like, the race car in and of itself, like, the business plan, like, okay, you may have the best race car in the world, but, like, if, you, if, you, if the driver isn't capable of operating the race car, he's not going to make it past turn two. No. He's going to crash it and burn it. Crash and, burn and that's burn. the thing. You have to build the businessman, the driver, the person mm. that's behind the wheel. It doesn't matter. Like if you took Jeff Bezos and put him in a, in a business, he's going to go and freaking crush that business. Sure. If you take anybody and try and put them in Amazon, the Amazon's going to fall. <laughs> right? Because right. they don't understand the business. They're right. not, they haven't built themselves as the driver. 
Dude, that is really key. That's that's fire. Um, because can really, we, though, can we throw the bomb? The bomb, the bomb, Bradley. Where's your bomb? Yeah, we're talking about that before. Oh man, but no, like seriously, like I really wish because I I can I I would love to sit here and tell everybody that like yeah I figured that out a long time ago. No, I didn't. Like I figured that out like six months ago. Um, so did it wildly drive my success? Heck yeah, it did. But I know that I left so much on the table because. I didn't find my true self-worth. Like, I didn't really realize who I was outside of all this monetary BS that we attach so much to. Like our cars, right? Like you were saying, like, you see somebody with a nice car, and you're like, dude, that guy's successful. Yeah. No, that guy's probably up to debt to his eyeballs. Good chance. Good chance of it. Not saying that it's the case all the time, (laughs) but man... I've been around enough people and saw their nice cars and then get to really know them. And I'm like, man, this is all a facade. And what that is. Oh, dude, this is something that dude. Oh, do you you guys know who Joe Donnelly is? You ever heard of him? I I don't, but I feel like that's a familiar name. Yeah. So he owns a company called Prime Body and it's a TRT company. Um, but I've followed okay. him for years cause I use the supplements and like literally, I know this is a plug for Joe, but, <laughs> um, but so the thing that he said was, it is absolutely none of my business what other people think about me. And I think if people would actually take yeah. that into their mind, cause it isn't, why would you sit and like the guy across the street, why would you sit there and be like, man, I wonder what that guy's thinking about me. That isn't your business. Mm. That's his business. Mm. Why are you trying to get into their business? And then what happens is we get these nice homes. We get these nice cars. Mm. We get nicer clothes. But what is it all for? Is it for you? Or is it for somebody yeah. else that doesn't even care about you? And and actually, I can probably attest to like 99% of the time, what you think they're thinking about you, it's not even close. They're probably not even thinking about you. You're not yeah. that special. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But really, yeah. though. But uh, <laughs> but I'm serious, though. Like, if people would literally There's just ingrain that, there. if, if they would ingrain that in themselves, like, yeah. it is none of your business. Get out of that. Like, get out yeah. of that way of thinking. Because when we start to do that, we start to fear judgment. We start to fear, oh, man, is that person going to like me? Yeah. Oh, man, is that person going to think I'm successful? Because does it feel good to be successful? Yeah feels really good but what is it feeling good for is it feeling good because you're like yeah dude i'm squashing all these other people around me or does it feel good because of that actual sense of fulfillment where you went in and you literally crushed something it brought you back that monetary gain and then you set that to the side and you're like you know what like i know who i am none of that stuff matters that's so good so yeah man that's that's something that i have like i learned that a couple years ago and i'm like dude like, holy crap, like, it isn't any of my business. Like, why would I Why would I care? Why would mm. I spend so much of my thought process on that? Like, that is such a waste of energy. It is. I, I love the idea with what you're saying that, like, most of what we do is to be able to please or have, see, have somebody see us in a different light or a certain perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's why we wear the clothes, we buy the car, we have the house, whatever. And... And it's so, such a waste of time and energy and success if we're going to try to go down that word, that route, that rabbit hole. So what is success to you, Eric? Yeah, I mean, that's a hard one to define, man. I feel like success for me every single day is just getting up and being trying to become the best version of myself. Mm, yeah. What does that look like? It looks like failure. It looks like pain. It looks like... It looks like struggle. It looks like courage. It looks like, you know, trying and effort and planning and journaling and effort and tension. Mm-hmm. That to yeah. me, that's fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Helping another human being. 
encouraging them to be the best version of themselves. That's, to me, that's the, one of the most fulfilling things is when somebody reaches out to me on, through this podcast, Instagram, social media, Facebook, mm-hmm. whatever, TikTok, and it's like, hey, I'm struggling with this. I've been on Zoom calls with people that are struggling with porn right. and, and, and having problems like uh, having prostitutes in their car. And, and being able to help them through that. I've had people just want to get to know, how do, how do I get better at business? How do I get better at making money? For me, that's fulfillment. Mm. To me, that's how I measure success is how, how much am I putting into somebody else's life and helping them become the best version of themselves? And then how am I becoming the best version of me so that I can go and lift people to higher heights too? Mm. Yeah. It's, it, money is how you keep score. Like I said, it's neutral and it is an amplifier and it allows you to do more good if you're a good person. But money should not be the definition of success. No, shouldn't be your self worth either. No, like so far from it. So, no. if you guys ever, uh, you ever listened to the strangest secret? You ever heard that before? I've heard of the it's by secret. Earl Nightingale. Okay, it's called the strangest secret. It's super old school, but yeah. it's only like thirty minutes long. It's on YouTube. I recommend everybody that hears this. It's a video. It's a video. Okay, it's, it's kind of like a video. It's not really a video. It's like a kind of show some pictures, but it's more of like an audio. Okay, it's super old. It's like from the, like the fifties, man. So it's got that Ooh. cool pop and crack to it, you know. But he talks about what he believes the strangest secret is, um, and the strangest secret is you will become what you think about. Mm. Right? He talks about that, yeah. and we've all heard that, you know. But what he actually talks about in there is what is what do you define success as? Mm. And what he defines success as is that young kid that wanted to be a school teacher and that did everything in his power to become that school teacher and they became it and they loved it and they did it. That's success. Mm. So when we set goals and we want to do something and we want to achieve that, like that's where the success really truly lies. Mm. Yeah. And so Going back to that, like, you got to dream. Like, you got to have goals. Dude. Like, you got to set. I've talked about this so true. Oh, dude. We don't like, take time to dream. Dude, I'm telling you, like, and I, I, once again, guys, like, I straight up, I know I'm sitting here like, yeah, like, I've done all this. But, dude, all this, a lot of this has been, like, super new to me. Mm-hmm. Like, the dreaming side of it. I cannot believe what has happened in my life once I decided to dream huge. Mm-hmm. Like, once I stopped thinking small, once I stopped, like, those limiting the beliefs, like, you can't have that. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I can have that. I can have anything I want. But if I actually put it out there and I dream it and I literally, like, there's, there's like, obviously there's steps and processes, but when we actually, like, that's the first step is dreaming. Yeah. Like, you have to you dream. You have to envision it. It has to be mm-hmm. created spiritually before it's physically created, just like God created the world. 100%. Yep. 100%. Like, it all came from a thought first, mm-hmm. right? Something that, that was wanted. Vision. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, and you like, you hear Grant Cardone. He tells everybody 10x everything, 10X right? Yep. That's what it is. He's trying to get people out of that small-mindedness mm-hmm. of where they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going for 100K this year. Okay, why not go for a million? Why not? Because what does that look like? What does that look like? Who do you need to become? That's what I say all the time. Mm. Who do you need to become? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and so that's the value. Yeah. Really though. Like it is. Like and does it does it happen like, okay, I have this dream and I'm gonna send it up to the universe and let go of it and then I'm just gonna sit back and wait? No. No, it ain't gonna work that way. Mm. There's still action that needs to be taken. Like there's still a plan that needs to be in place, yeah. but what has to happen first is what am I planning for? 
what am I actually going for? Like, is it going to be small mindedness? Is it going to be as big as I could possibly dream like a $10 million house? Right. Yeah. And so what is it going to be? Yep. Yep. And so realistically, like, I really think that, that people are selling themselves super short on their dreams. They can have so so much more. So true. And I think that they don't even think about it. You know, we another book to throw it out. And I, some people have read this. If you haven't, this is one of my favorites. It's called Outwitting the Devil. And it's by Napoleon Hill. Mm. And he released it in the early 19... Well, no, he wrote it in the early 1900s. He kept it in a family vault for almost 100 years. Mm. Because his wife and family said, you can't publish this. This is st- like, it's just, you're going to be burned as a heretic like this is just too too much and but then generations down the line in the early 2000s his offspring i guess was i don't know great grandkids found it in the family vault and they're like this is gold we have to publish this <laughs> so they did and anyway one of the thoughts in there that i love so much is this idea so uh, he's interviewing the devil essentially and the devil has to answer and so he asks him what What's one of your biggest tools to be able to like take control of people on this earth? Cause that's the devil said that that's his intent that's his to just be deal, able to like yeah. get as many people under his control as possible. Mm-hmm. He said, one of my biggest, he, he, there's two. And, and one of the biggest ones was hypnotic rhythm and in hypnotic rhythm. He describes as like, I just want them to float down the river of life, not knowing where they're going, not caring, not even thinking about it, mm. not having any intent or intention. And I see majority of people in this world that don't think big, that don't even think about the fact that they're not thinking big. They literally just go through the same habits every single day. And if you think that's not you, guess what? It is. Mm. It is you. It's me. It's you. It's everyone. We get yep. in these ruts. We get in. The, none of us are exempt to this. So please, if you're hearing this, don't think to yourself that, oh, it's not me. I'm. I'm. In, you know, I make this much money, or I'm intentional, or whatever. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. We all fall into that hypnotic rhythm sometimes, and we have to bring ourselves out. Yeah. And start being intentional, and thinking big, like you're saying. I love that. That's super deep, man. And. You know, really, if you ever find yourself in a position where you're like, dude, I did the same thing all week. Mm-hmm. That's where you need to actually be like, okay, I need to switch something up. Because, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. like, and I, I kind of struggle with this, not not so much recently, but like before, like, especially in my off seasons, um, you know, you don't work nearly as much. You do recruiting and stuff like that, you know, yeah. but you're not like six days a week, 10, 12 hours a day, right? Um but a lot of people have struggles waking up in the morning yeah. because they already know what's going to happen. Yeah. They already know what their day is going to look like. So they know, true, like you yeah. said earlier, like, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to eat breakfast. I'm going to read the paper. I'm going to get yeah. in my car. I'm going to work. I'm coming home. I'm eating dinner. Watching I'm watching Netflix. TV. And I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> and then it's the same thing yeah. again. And so people like, like, how do you wake up early in the morning? Like, well. For one, you remember when, when you went on a field trip? Yeah. As a kid? You got up. You, like, went to freaking sleep dressed in your clothes. Yes. You're like, so you're dude, so I'm so pumped because there was something so new the next yeah. day. Yeah. But what or we you had a baseball game or you're going to Disneyland or that, whatever. You mm-hmm. just jump out of bed. You jump. Like, you become excited. Like, and then when you wake up, you don't have that, like, ugh. 
Like you could get like two hours of sleep and you'd be like, bro, let's roll. Yeah. So my wife was telling me that. She's like, yo, when you go on the deer hunt, she's like, how are you getting up at four in the morning? I'm like, because I freaking love it. Can't wait. Like, I can't wait. I'm like, want I'm, the alarm to go I'm so excited. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I can't even sleep. You know what so I mean? True. But that's the type of mentality that we need to find ourselves in is not dude, yes. the Netflix and chill mentality of where I just do the same old thing. When I wake up in the morning, I feel like ass. Like, I don't want to move. Like, mm -hmm. uh, that's because you already know exactly what your day is going to do. It's so true, dude. I feel like the thing that's helped me the most with that is journaling about it because that's what helps me. If you don't journal about it, I feel like you don't catch the things that you're doing. Like you said, you mentioned it. Like, you do the same thing every single day, every week, right? But if you're not writing it down, you don't, like, consciously you know. Don't think about it. You don't think about it. Yeah. You're coasting. You're yeah, in, you're in the hypnotic state. rhythm. Yeah, you're just and everybody can fall. And so that's one of the biggest things that I found to be able to pull you out of hypnotic rhythm is to journal, mm. giving you like practical tools, guys. Like journal and start writing about this is where I want to go. Thinking about your purpose in life, I think is important. That dreaming side. What is your purpose? Where do you want to go? And then if you reverse engineer it. You have to start to think in your journaling, mm -hmm. is what I did today adding up to where I want to go? Mm, nice. And if it's not, you got to change your life, man. Yeah. You got to yeah. change your daily habits because it's just like, it's just like fitness. It's the same thing. It's in, it's inevitable. And Trevor Cowley was the one that taught me this. So simple. It's like, if you know your body weight today and you know your height and your age and all those things, it's just science. You eat at a caloric deficit and you work and burn this many calories and take this many steps. You will, it's inevitable, you will be this body weight and look a certain way in six months. Right. If, you, if you're consistent. Science, yeah. It's the same thing in life. If you have a big dream, how do you get there? One step at a time. Right. But if you're not doing the habits and the things every single day to get there, like you're never going to. Yeah. It's the consistency. Yeah. I think it is habits. Like, it is. Because everybody has them. Like, whether they're good or bad, you have a habit. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. so what is your habit? Yes. Like, what do you do habitually every single day? Is it healthy for you? Is it healthy for your mind? Is it healthy for your body, your spirit? Like, where is yeah. this coming from? Or is it extremely detrimental to your body? Yeah. Whether it could be like vaping, alcoholism, like all these different things. Like, what are you doing habitually? Because you got habits. Yes. And if well, you want to break those habits, like it isn't easy. And that's break what or that, make. Yep. Yeah, dude. And so I think a lot of people, if they sat down and journaled, what are my habits? What do I do habitually every single day? And live in day? truth when they write it down. Yeah. Don't BS Don't lie it. to yourself. Don't lie. It's not going to help anyone. You have to be, you have to live in truth. Yeah. And a lot of people are narcissistic in the sense that they don't want to tell themselves the truth and they don't want to admit that, hey, I have a problem. Yeah. And that yeah. to me is like, that's, that's what's keeping you back. hundred percent. Like you're not a good evaluator of your oh life. My gosh, dude. Like if you can't be honest with yourself, you're not going very many places. No. <laughs> like I'm just being honest with you. Like if you can't break down and be honest with yourself about what you're doing good, what you're doing not so good, what you can change, what you can fix. Like if you're not being that, that truthful, honest to yourself, Where's your honesty really going from that point too? Like, are you going to be honest with everybody else? Yeah. Probably not. No. You know, like it's going to, it's going to be another habit yeah. that you leak into the rest of your life. Yeah. And so, yeah, dude, like, and I, it is super like, once again, y'all, like I can say this because like I've, 
lived that where I wasn't honest with myself. Like I used to abuse nicotine like crazy during the summers when I would do pest control. Right. It was one of those vices that came to me and it was like, holy crap, these days are so stressful. And this is just like this. Calm me down. Yeah. And so I would justify it and it took me two years to kick that garbage. But I, I justified it because I'm like, I'm spent. I'm like, this is like totally cooks my mind when I'm like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do anything anymore. I just like, I vape. Yeah. So y'all quit, seriously quit vaping. Like that stuff is not good for you. Yeah. Um, but that's where like when you actually brutally become honest with yourself, it becomes a lot easier to let yeah. go of it. Yeah. Like it really does. Yeah. Like when I like broke down and I was like, Okay, for one, this is wrecking my lungs. I love my body, right? I love my body, so I don't want to wreck my lungs anymore, right? I don't want to do that to myself. This is killing my endurance. Yeah. This is killing my brain because I don't know if any of y'all know, but nicotine is actually um, creates two and a half times the amount of like uh, serotonin in your brain than um, like cocaine does. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so addicting. And that's why it's so hard to get rid of, but it's just not very long lasting. It just hits you for like five minutes and then it's gone. Mm -hmm. So there you want another one, right? So it becomes super addicting. Um, And so like, you gotta like level up with yourself and be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, why am I killing myself? And to be honest, man, a big part of like what, what helped me like, let that go is I'm like, dude, like this stuff hasn't been around that long. And how long did it take for us to figure out cigarettes were garbage? Right. It took us a while, man. Like Too long. they were, they were advertising it for pregnant women. Yeah. They were advertising it for every, like everybody did it. Right. But I think like there's unfortunately going to be a really rough spot in time when all this really starts catching up with people, like getting moisture in your lungs. Oh yeah. And it's, it's already ca- Oh, it's yeah. already there. Yeah, it's coming out. Right? And if you think about it, it's it's an oil. You're putting an mm. oil into your lungs that attaches itself to the lungs, and then all that dirt and crap that you breathe attaches to that oil. Yeah, yeah, it's rough for you, man. Like so, so like, but it all comes back down to like the being brutally honest with yourself. And what am I doing habitually? And is it good? Yeah, or is it bad? Well, I love that. I love it. And you know what? A safeguard, and I think you'll agree with this, is get coaching in every aspect of life as you can because you're not always going to see everything. Right. I couldn't in baseball. I couldn't see everything with my swing. It was impossible. Sure. And back then, cameras weren't a huge thing when I was a kid. A few people had them, and it was amazing to be able to see myself on camera. I could catch things, but. It, if you have a professional that can catch the little minute things, yeah, you can just change your you can change your life. And, and we get out of high school, we get out of college, and we and we 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 get into adulthood, and it's like, hey, figure it out, like figure out kids, and figure <laughs> out your business, and figure out your finances, yeah. and uh, here you go, like you're an adult now. And it's like, no, we need people still. And the cool thing about now is that we get to pick our coaches, right? And and There's people don't ones. even realize that, yeah, because it costs money. Sure. And they, everybody wants cheap. a coach. Sure. Everybody wants to improve. Well, I, I, I say that, but it's probably not true. Not everybody does. I think a lot of people do, though. I think people want that. and uh, But they don't want to pay the money. So to, to me, coaching is huge because it keeps you accountable. And there's somebody, I call it pulling your card. When you're, when you're not living in truth, they're the ones that you want people in your life that will pull your card. Sure. They will tell you, hey, you're kind of being a shiz head right yeah, now. Yeah, right, right. And here's how we fix it. Mm -hmm. you want people like that who you surround yourself with is important and i think too like going to the point of where when you invest into yourself because that's Mm -hmm. investing into Mm -hmm. yourself yes right but when you invest into yourself and you let's say you hypothetically spend a pretty good amount of money on it 
you're going to take it pretty seriously. Yes. Like, you're not going to be like, uh, I'm just going to invest all this money and I'm yep. just going to yep. just stay yep. in my old usual self. No, that so breaks true. you out. Because when you invest and there's that energetic exchange of investing, right, when it's monetary, or even if it's not monetary, even yep. if it's like you just investing into yourself, right? Um, and that's like the gym, your water intake, your food intake, like what are you putting in your body? Like that's investing into yourself too. But I really believe when people actually spend a pretty good amount of money on coaching, they take it way more seriously. Yes, yes absolutely. They were like, dude, like I'm not going to squander this. I'm no. going to actually see if this works and break out of that normal routine, break out of that and allow somebody that has already helped so many other people help you. Yes. You know, we have our event coming up. Your wife's coming to help. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah. I've, with so many people have signed up, but so many people have it and it always comes down to money. People want to be able to go and ha do, dude, if we, if we offered this for free, we'd have so many people there. Oh, yeah, they wouldn't get as much out of it. No, there's no exchange. It's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. They, I want it. And I've told a lot of people this, and I'm so proud of the ones and the many that have been able to just get past it is I want it to sting for you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I want you to have the best experience. Like, yeah. I'm coming from a place of abundance, and I want you to have an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. But if I don't, if I just give it to you for free, you won't. You won't have a great experience. Yeah. You it's won't get the most out of it. You won't give it 100%. So true. You have to commit with that. It needs to sting a little. Yeah. Well, the finances are tight and this and that. Great. I feel bad for you. Make it work. But you need to make it work. And yeah. if you do, you will have an incredible experience and it could change your life. Yeah, dude. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh, that's so deep. But really though, that's that's what it comes down to is like there is an energetic exchange on everything you invest. Yeah. Um, and so if you give that back to yourself, like you are going to, and it's the same thing. I'll talk about this a little bit. Cause you know, my wife is going up to do the breathwork detox and, um, at our she, event, the program mm -hmm, event. Yep. Mm -hmm. And she, um, would she want to offer it for free? Yeah. But she's done it for free before for some other people, you know, but in reality, what happens is she's like, I don't even like, like. Like for those people, like, I'm like, man, I hope you got more out of it because you didn't invest, right? Like you didn't, like, I hope you got that exchange because when it, when you actually put that out there, that like that energy that, that I want something out of this, that I'm so willing to pay for it, that's when God gives it to you. Mm -hmm. And that's when it's flooded into an ultimate. Like there's a commitment. Yeah. And it was like the kind of the same thing, like when my wife did breath work for you, mm -hmm. that was an energetic exchange for everybody else. Like that was just to see if we could make this work. Right. And so, and your experience was beautiful. Was like amazing. from what I hear, like my was wife amazing. was just like, Oh my gosh, Eric had a great experience. Like he, yeah. he walked up and left out of the room. I was really worried, but then he came back and, you know, I still was like, she wasn't able to tell me much about it, but I would actually love to hear about your experience, man. It was amazing. I've heard people's experiences with breath work and they said, you know, Hey, I would, I would like yell and like all this energy would be released and I would cry and all this stuff. And I'm like, whatever, dude, like, that's just like, Somebody's telling you to do that, and so you just do it because they tell you. My experience was really powerful. Um, I I don't even know how long it was. Maybe an hour and a half, an hour. I don't know. It just felt like a blur. Mm -hmm. And I cried. And I'm not a big crier. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things that your wife explained to me is that animals, after they will go and have a big fight, like deer, mm -hmm. you'll see them, like, shake themselves off. And that's yeah. just shaking off that energy so that yeah. they can go about and, and let it go. Let the mm -hmm. energy go. And 
And, um, you know, I've noticed too, when I was doing the breath work, I actually did like, and she gave me permission before and then it just felt natural during it to just almost scream, like let it out. Just like, ah, you know, and it was a release. It totally was a release of that Mm -hmm. energy that's stored inside of our bodies. And we don't even realize it's there until we go and have it. So, I mean, it was, it's hard work. And I realized that too. Like, yeah you feel lightheaded and tingly and everything, putting that much oxygen into your body, but it puts you in a state mm-hmm. of dreaming yeah. almost too. When we're talking about dreaming, I, I was yeah. she, one of the most powerful things that she said, was she said, imagine yourself as a young boy. And I haven't thought about that a lot, man. I haven't thought about what I looked like when I was six years old. Sure. Um, I haven't thought about what I was like. Um, and, and during that experience, and I can see it now very clear. And I, I mean, before that, I don't think I could. I can see myself. I can see the way I did my hair, the clothes that I wore, the smile mm-hmm. on my face, mm-hmm. um, my baby teeth, all, you know, all that stuff. And it was powerful. I imagined myself um, thinking as a young kid what I wanted to become. And now I'm 32. And I imagine myself as a kid. I, I had dreams. I had goals, man, at a young age. Yeah, and I gave myself a hug in that, in that breathwork session. I gave my six-year-old self a hug, yeah. and I felt it. I really did. And that's when I started bawling. And I'm feeling mm-hmm. it now a little bit, too, just that emotion of giving myself a hug and saying, I love you. Yeah. Like, And, and we kind of both said that to each other, like, the six-year-old me is, I love you. I'm proud of you for the things that you've done and the things that you've messed up on. And you're a great person. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud to be you. And then my older self now is like, I'm proud of you too. Yeah. And the innocent boy and the, and the, and the pure desires and the, and the good kid, it, it was powerful. And so there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of releasing. And I found myself reaching up towards something before. And your wife actually said, now reach up towards light. And I found myself, I was already for like five minutes, like reaching up. Yeah. I felt something above me, like a, like a light or an mm-hmm. energy. And I was reaching towards it yeah. without her saying anything. I felt <laughs> it. And, um, it was in, in, in my mind is, is, it was God. It was light. It was, it was some, some energy source there for mm-hmm. sure. When I got done, I went and my wife was in the other room and I, and I was, she was like, that was intense. I was like, you're not kidding. And I was like, feel me. And I, I grabbed her hands yeah. and she's like, what? I was like, I want you to feel what I'm feeling right now. You have to do this. Yeah. I know you can't feel it, but I'm like looking, I was staring into my wife's eyes and I'm like, I want you to feel how I'm feeling right now. I feel amazing. I feel it connected like, to myself. Feel this, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was my experience in a nutshell. I know that was a little long, but no, that was beautiful. It was powerful. It was beautiful. And so now we have her coming to a mastermind. We're gonna have twenty, thirty people. And um, I'm, I told your wife, I said, you know, I'm not the one that is in charge of writing the checks, but I will, I will personally say, um, if if the program itself doesn't write you a check, I will personally write you a check because I feel like this is so powerful and people need this to release trauma in their life. Mm-hmm. I would rather spend the 700,000 whatever dollars um, to get you there and to be able to impact those people in their lives yeah. than to have that money sit in my bank account and do nothing. And so I said, I'll personally guarantee it. We want you there. That's and cool. she's like, let's go. Yeah. So yeah, 
super excited to have her come in. Oh, she's super pumped too because she's just really like enveloped herself in this work because it is like it brings her so much fulfillment to see people come out and feel like you did because through this breathwork modality called breathwork detox, when you do that, you actually release DMT in your brain. Yeah. And DMT is you a natural that. flowing chemical in your body. They call it the spirit molecule. And that's actually what literally connects us to God. So mm. that's what literally, it's like sparks that antenna, which is your pineal gland. Um, it sparks that so that we can have that deeper connection with the divine. And so that's where I have to, I have to agree. Like I've done breath work a bunch um, with my wife and dude, I've never cried so hard, but that is exactly like, there was something, there was a few things I won't go into two personal things, but there was things that I was holding on to that I thought I let go of. Like there was past business deals that took place, people yeah. that I had worked with that I'm like, yeah, all right, I forgive you. Right. Yeah. But I didn't like, it was still there. Like it was like I diminished a little bit of it and then I more so suppressed it and actually started to tell myself that like, yeah, yeah, you feel better. You've forgiven everybody. Right. Yeah. I didn't man. And once I was able to do that breath, do that CO2 release and actually release like you're saying, like the animals do, because that's just instinctual yeah. for them. They're yes. like, oh, get this off of me. Like, get this bad energy off, right? And so that's what we have to do. And so breathwork actually needs to start, like, like really needs to be a part of everybody's life on, like, a weekly basis. Yes, yeah, I agree. Um, because, like, you can't, like, I'm not saying you can't connect to God without it. Like, I, we all do. We yeah. all do in every way. We're all so interconnected with them on like we are literally in spiritual warfare. Like that's all this life is like, we don't realize it, but it is straight up energetic warfare. And so if we don't take mm. care of ourselves energetically by releasing those stuck emotions, yes. those traumatic moments that we have in our life, not forgiving ourselves, because if we don't forgive ourselves, we can't fully forgive other people. Yeah. And so that's why they say forgiveness is actually the most selfish thing that you can do. Um, I know that seems super bass backwards, but yeah, it actually is true. Sense. It is true because if you literally can't forgive yourself, forgiveness stops there. Yeah. So it really does. Yep. And so that's why like me and my wife have become pretty woo woo. Like when it comes to the energies and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, um, but really though, woo -woo. yeah, I man, woo woo is good. But yeah, that breathwork stuff is, it changes people's lives over one experience. And the thing about the breathwork is no experience is ever the same. Like your next one won't even be. Close I'm going to do same. it. This event, like, yeah, yeah. I'm one of the coaches running it and everything, but like, I'm just going to, I'm breathing. Huh? I'm breathing. Good, I'm, I'm going through it, man. That's I'm going to go through dude. it because it's so powerful. Um, you're, you're also into plant medicine, plant-based medicine a little bit. And mm -hmm. I know, um, you've been through some of that yourself and yeah. a lot of people are really interested in it right now. Let's chat about that for a second if you're yeah, okay with it I and, and whatever you're okay chatting about. Because um, for me, I'm open to anything that I feel like is not addicting mm -hmm. that will help me just kind of like process trauma. Yeah. Um, help me become a better version of myself mm -hmm. and serve me. Okay. And I think that we just automatically sometimes judge it because we have a lack of education around something yeah. and we start to go, Oh, well, that's not good. Well, how, why? How do you know? What education? No, nothing. I don't have any education around it. I don't have any experience around it, but I just feel it. I yeah, feel, yeah. Oh, come on. And I go, what is it? Like, come what on. is going on here? You can't judge something that you have no education. That's called fear. Sure. 
and you're judging it based off fear, and that's the feeling that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. It's not based on any kind of uh, reasoning. So let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so first thing is there's so many negative cognitations behind any kind of um, plant medicine. A lot of times, whether it's ayahuasca, whether it's cannabis, whether it's tobacco, because literally you look at it as an addiction, right? Mm-hmm. And And dude, the thing about addictions... Everything's an addiction if you let it. TV's an addiction. I think social media is one of the biggest addictions sure. in this world today. Sure, um, absolutely. And, you know, so a lot of people are like, oh, I would never touch that, but I'm going to sit on social media for yeah, six hours a day. Point. Which one's better for you, right? Yeah. But um, the reality of it is, is there's these heavily negative cognitations behind what plant medicine is. Mm. And the actual reason for that is, is because of the misuse of plant medicine. Um, let's take tobacco for like the best reason. So in tobacco, um, like cigarettes that you smoke, um, there's several different types of tobacco. Um, and that one is, um, you know, it's got a lot of crap in it. It's super addicting. Um, and it does release crazy amounts of serotonin and endorphins in your body. And so that's why it's so addicting, right? You can literally like, holy cow, I want to feel that again. Yeah. And so people become super negative, which they should, like, I don't think people should be smoking cigarettes, man. Like, you shouldn't be smoking that stuff. Like, that stuff's got tar and rat poison and everything else in it. And it is one of the hardest addictions to kick because of that two and a half X that people get through that, uh, that emotion that, or that, uh, you know, that serotonin and that release. So there's all these negative cognitations. Now, like cannabis, cannabis has a super big negative cognitation because of its abuse. Personally to me, I don't think anybody should be using cannabis on a recreational use, period. Like, because why? What does it do for you behind your intent? Like, what is my intent? Is my intent, I'm going to get high or I want to escape reality. I want to let go of this day. Like, that's typically, or I just want to laugh and just like feel happy and eat a bunch of food, right? That is not a good intention to use cannabis, period. Cannabis isn't addicting physically, like most of your other stuff is. And so when it's used in a proper way with a proper intent, like, but unfortunately, like all that we see is negative intent, mm-hmm. negative intent. Like, man, that guy's a pothead. He smokes all day yeah. long, right? Yeah. He Look shouldn't at his be life. doing He's that. He's homeless. He's screwed up everything. He's Dude, he got shouldn't no be money. doing that. Yeah. He no. just wants to go get the next drug, the next hit. Yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah, you can abuse anything. Like I said, like, I think if people would really sit down and be like, what do I habitually do? And what am I actually addicted to? Mm. They would probably Mm. come up with a pretty daggum good list on what they're addicted to. Again, hypnotic rhythm. Like, are you living in truth? And how do you see that truth? You got to have somebody pull your card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. And so, you know, like with this tobacco thing. So there's a, there's a plant medicine called hoppe. Hoppe is completely legal. You can buy it online. You can go to um, multiple different websites and purchase it. Um, But it's actually a totally different type of tobacco. And it's called, um, uh, rust, uh, tobacco rustica. It's not even the same as the tobacco that's put in cigarettes, but actually the way it's made is through a very spiritual process. So mm. it's made by the Amazonian tribes in the rainforest and they're all still pretty, um, extricated from r- regular society, I guess you could say. And so what they do is they have like ceremonies of the way they, um, uh, do this. And so mm. they pulverize it, they burn it 
um, to a really fine ash. They pulverize it, and then they use other different types of uh, plants that are in, grown in the Amazon rainforest. So they all do these different types of things. There's so many different types, and so one's called like Divine Mother. Um, you have this really feminine, sweet feel that comes into it, right? And there's one that's called Jaguar. Um, Jaguar has different plants in it. It's also got the, the um, uh, rustica tobacco in it. But what happens is it just has these different feelings and different mm. um, um, – so the jaguar is very fierce. Um, it's very intense, and usually you let go of something when you use jaguar. And so um, that's why, like, a lot of people I feel like won't even try plant medicine when it – could it be addicting? Everything is – Everything is, and you have to treat it with respect. Like that's what it really comes down to. A lot of people are just like, whatever. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna use it whenever I want. No, there's a respect factor because I believe that God gave us plants for so many different reasons. Like, what do we use plants for? Food, cleaning, fuel, right? Like mm-hmm. corn, like all this stuff. Like we use plants for so much. But I also believe that um, God has given us certain plants to help us open up that pineal gland so that we can have a further connection with them. Mm. And so, but what is absolutely critical if you're using plant medicine is your intent. Mm-hmm. What's your intention? Sit back. Like, why are you doing this? Like, are you doing it to escape reality? Because if you are, then you need to work on yourself. You need to figure out that you're not escaping reality. You never are. Mm. Like, um, and so, like, for me, like, I, I, I do use plant medicine on a pretty con- consistent basis. Like, I used Hoppe, like, an hour before I got here. I got into a meditation. I got to really think. And so what it does for you, like Hoppe, is it shuts off that analytical mind. That analytical mind doesn't stop very much for very many people. Mm-hmm. Because in our society, it's go here, go there, go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. What am I doing with my business? What am I doing with this, this, that, and this, and the other? And all of our, like, mind, it doesn't even, it never shuts off. And so when you use that plant medicine, it shuts off that analytical mind. And I believe when you, when like literally when you quiet the mind, the soul speaks. Mm. And so, um, a lot of people like I've done ayahuasca, um, super love ayahuasca. Like that's actually a big part of what changed my life. Um, I was able to really go deep, really break through and see and let go of what was holding me back. And can you do that through breath work? 100%. Breath work's like a power washing of the soul. Like it mm. literally cleanses you. Um, but it's also different. It's a totally different. It's like a different modality going to the same destination. And so I just, it's something that I really hope that people will like seriously like sit down and think, okay, like why are there so many negative cognitations behind plant medicine? And if you really break that down, like even beer, Beer is a plant. It's made from hops, made from barley. Like it's made from plants. And it is, it is like, it does have that energetic like increase, but unfortunately it's so short lived. That's why people keep drinking. Oh, I got to get more. 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 So all the things that are, I guess you could like all the things that like people are so heavily influenced by are heavily addicting. Yeah. And why is that? It's monetary. It's purely monetary. That's why those things are so easy to get. You walk into the gas station and because it's extremely addictive um, because usually it's the intent as well. Their intent is so not like what it should be. Not saying that you can like really connect with God by drinking a bunch of beer. I don't think that's going to happen. But what I'm saying is, is 
there are plant medicines that are literally here for us to reach higher levels of like divine connection. And, Mm. um, and I can actually, I can personally sit here and say that that's for sure true because I have never been more connected with my heavenly parents than I am now. Um, and that's through my plant medicine use, allowing myself to shut the brain off, allow my soul to speak and have that information flood come to me, have that love in, encircle my heart and feel that like, and that's something that I, I could never like deny because like yeah. I felt it like, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a really important topic for me because, um, of how much it actually did change my life. It's powerful. And I think that, um, that's one of the reasons why I'm open to, I'm open to anything that's going to help me become a better version of me. Like I said, and I think people judge it so quickly. Uh, what would you say to somebody that says, Oh yeah, whatever. Like you just like the high. And that's why, like, how do you even know that that's heavenly father, heavenly mother mm-hmm. or whatever? And you have a connection or what, how do you not know that that's just a dopamine hit or serotonin boost or whatever, making you feel good. Right. What would you say to somebody like that? So, you know, it's a lot of people like, cause it is like our bodies are created that way. Like, so when we feel like when we feel the spirit, it's typically a chemical in our body. Like it's a chemical that's produced in it. Like everything is harbored, like harbored inside of our body. Like everything, we have everything that we need. And so what I would say, like, I don't even, Mm. I don't call it getting high. I call it getting connected. Um, because here's how I can tell you. Um, I'm going to get super vulnerable on your podcast right now. So when I took that year off, I used cannabis a lot and it wasn't, it was totally for the intention of dude, I got to escape this reality. I don't have any fulfillment. I don't have the job that I want. I'm not like, so like I was using like three or four times a day. Right. And so it was a super negative intention. And so here's actually where I can actually like personally attest I was getting to a point when I'd use cannabis, it would depress me. Like it would actually become very depressing. Um, immediately I would have this flood of anxiety and then I would have this flood of negative thoughts. And so, and, and then I would start to like realize it and I'm like, dude, I'm like, what's going on here? I'm like, I've never felt this way. And then it happened for like a full, like six weeks. Right. And so I was able to actually experience because the reason why that happens is when you use cannabis or any other plant medicine, ayahuasca, whatever it is, you're opening yourself up spiritually. It doesn't matter whether what your intention is, mm. right? You're still going to open up spiritually. But unfortunately, through our intent is what invites those entities. Which ones are you inviting? Mm. So it's got to be done in a righteous container with proper intent. And that's when the magic happens. So what I can tell anybody that would ever ask me that it doesn't even remotely close to feel the same as using it recreationally is when you use it with intent and you actually are using it to have a deeper connection with the divine. Mm -hmm. So I can say by personal experience that it's not the same. You've tried both and it's not even close. I've been on both ends of the spectrum and the other end of the spectrum where it was depressing me sucked dude. But unfortunately the way that it works is it really sucks. You get all those negative emotions And then you actually try to use more to eliminate those negative emotions. So, and it's not even like a physical addiction because you could take two or three days off and you'd be like, it'd be nice to have it, but I'm okay. Right. But unfortunately it's all about your intent. If your intent is literally to escape your day, you've already messed up Mm -hmm. and you already opened yourself up spiritually and you're allowing 
what. So that's what you got to remember. Like, what am I allowing through my intent? Like, who am I allowing? What entities am I allowing? Exactly. And so that's what I would tell them is it's like, dude, it's not even close to the same feeling. Mm. It's not like, and I'm super grateful that I was able to actually experience both sides because now I can be like, okay, like, whoa, like there actually is a spiritual energetic exchange, whether you use it through proper intent or not. That's cool. Yeah. You think it'll ever be legalized? Like all of it? Uh, Federally, probably not. Um, Through like multiple States, Utah, maybe who knows? Um, there's but, a lot of bishops and uh, LDS people in general that have kind of given their stamp of approval. I'm sure there's people who don't, but sure. um, there's a lot. Of, I know some bishops that have been on podcasts that have said that it's been life changing for them, and they yeah. they totally mm-hmm. believe in it. Um, I actually um, know a few bishops here in town that work with it, and they actually mm-hmm. feel like they've become better bishops because of it, because they were able to shut off that analytical mind. How can I further assist these people? And then they have that flood of revelation come to them mm-hmm. to be able to assist their people best because that analytical analytical mind isn't constantly working, yeah. spinning those wheels and drowning out what we really need to hear. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like, and I'm not saying like, yeah, because he's a bishop, it's right. I'm not saying like, oh, that's why you should think yeah, it's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to be careful of that too. I'm yeah. actually the one that's always, it's funny you bring that up because I'm the one that's always saying don't do that. And I just kind of did it without even knowing that I did. So I'm <laughs> glad you bring that up because just because somebody says, yeah, it's a bishop. It's, they're not pro-implant medicine. They're not, you know, you can't trust it. They're human. Sure. They have no expertise in that. But um, they, people do think that way. And maybe that's why I did say it because uh, it's kind of a little bit of like a, See, you know, stamp for approval, but yeah. I, I don't mean it that way. Yeah, no, I, I don't. No, I'm not I don't that think kind of person. Um, but it does just go to show because I believe that we all are here. We're all trying to figure it out, right? We're all trying to like experience life, right? Yeah. But I think unfortunately, so many people close off their minds, like um, to what actually. Like, if you become so closed-minded, like say, let's just say it's plant medicine. You're like, dude. No way, never trying it. It's a sin, not happening. I think you've closed yourself off to a lot of actual spiritual awakening. I feel that way about everything, man. Yeah. I really do. I'm, and I feel that way about, uh, I was just having a conversation today with a guy on a Zoom call. It was a powerful call. And I was talking. we were talking about the LDS church. And we were talking about how, you know, some people, no matter what, anything, anything that anybody says, if they're a bishop, stake president, 70 or a quorum of the 12 or a, pre, or a prophet of the church, past or present, we believe it. We don't question it. <laughs> we believe it. Right. We will follow it. And I'm not, I, I used to be that person. I'm not that person today. Why am I not that person? It's because I believe personally that God doesn't want sheep God doesn't want somebody that's just going to follow blindly. He wants us to think for ourselves and then choose based on how we think. And mm-hmm. if you're just going to believe every single thing and morph it into, well, they said, so I'm going to do it and not think for yourself, it's wrapped in this beautiful bow of like, well, you're not going to know all the answers in this life, but you're choosing obedience and obedience brings blessings. Right. So if you're obedient, even though it may not make sense or you don't know, then just be obedient. I don't believe in I don't believe in that entirely. I think there's some small situations where that does apply, mm-hmm. but I think there's an answer. I think there's truth. God yeah. is the author of all truth. There is an answer, sure. And if you go to Him, and you have a connection with Him and ask Him, 
They'll tell you. Sure. I don't think he's going to like hide it from you. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I went on a little rant there, but no, I like uh, it, dude. I like it. You can't, you can't close off from plant medicine because of that. You open your mind to it. Lean into it is what the phrase that I say all the time. Lean into it. So here's one of the things too, like a lot of people won't try it because like, is it right or is it wrong? Right. Mm. Or is it, it is wrong. You talked to me about this. I like this. Yeah. yeah, And I don't believe in that. Like I don't believe in a right and a wrong. Like legal, illegal, right, wrong. So there's like the spirit of the law and there's the letter of the law. Right. Um, But what I actually believe we're here for is to literally experience like that is the hundred percent purpose is we are here. God placed us here to experience life. Right. And he gave us different things like so much, like there's so much abundance that has come from mother earth, like so much to assist us and to help us. And so I, I almost feel like where somebody, if they were like, Oh man, I would really like to try plant medicine, but dude, that's a sin. Like, mm. uh, uh, I don't believe in that anymore. Like am I LDS? Heck yeah, dude. Like I could never deny the truthfulness of what I know. Like I can't like, it's, literally ingrained into my soul like and for me to deny one i have to deny all that's Mm -hmm. kind of how it is for me and so but in reality what i've come to realize through ayahuasca is there is so much more but and if you really think about it like when if god gives his children an inch they take a mile Mm -hmm. so if you were like hey yeah y'all can use you know plant medicine whatever you want What's that going to do to people? Like the way our, our mental brains work is they're going to be like, bro, free city, man. Drink and get married. Let's roll, right? No, that's not how it works because God knows how humans work. Like that's how the carnal mind works. Yeah. Like we literally take everything we can get. And so that's why I believe that it's like, it's it's so sacred. Yeah. It's not meant to be used like it's being used. And that's where these negative cognitations have come behind it. Because yeah, like if if you asked me, like, can I use cannabis rec- recreationally every day? I'd tell you no. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't freaking do it, man. You're actually, there. you're setting, you're setting yourself up for yeah. something that's not good. Yeah. You know, there's the, there's the scripture, right? Like by their fruits, you shall know them or whatever. And like, look at the fruits of anything. And you look at the fruits of like plant-based medicine for a second. Am I a pro at it? No. So I'm going to say that very first but the people that i know that talk negatively about it haven't tried it 100 everybody that i know that has done it which is multiple people all have had great experiences with it all of them mm-hmm. yep except one and that was because they threw up but it wasn't because they got high or some weird <laughs> thing they just didn't they like threw up and got sick right but, right that's but a good that's thing different. though that's, that's actually different. good like, okay people don't realize that that's a good thing there you go it's called a purge and you're actually releasing something physically there you so go. i purged like eight times during ayahuasca like dude. i went through a full out right, spiritual you're ready cleansing. To throw up if i ever try this yeah dude so i went but ayahuasca is intense it's like eight hours two days mm. like you're intensely like you're spiritually completely opened like and that's where like so much does it go by fast in the eight hours is dude, there's no such thing as time yeah you like, just there's there. no i remember i'd get exist. up and i'd go to the bathroom and i'd look at the clock and i'm like huh I'm like it's five in the morning I'm like oh my goodness and i just go to the bathroom I'm like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> so there's no such thing as time um you know but anyways that's kind of going off on a rant there but but yeah, so I, I just really feel like if people would give themselves an opportunity and just be like, hey, just just try it. Like, don't worry about like this 
fear of judgment, like this fear of like, ooh, like am I am I doing something that's wrong? Look at it as like, okay, if this is actually like as good as like other people are saying it, why don't I experience this? That's mm-hmm. what I'm here for. I'm not telling you to go do that with heroin. I'm not telling yeah. you to go do that with like that crap. Like, dude, stay away from that garbage. Yeah, like yeah. straight garbage. Um, but it all falls under the same umbrella is that literally anything can be your addiction. Yeah. And so if you take anything too far, it's going to be addicting. And there's something the point that heroin and something is just in nature way more addicting than sure. bread. Oh, yeah. Something yeah, like that, right? For sure. Like there's for there's sure. a point it's where chemical. you just kind of go, okay, like use your brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But this is different. I have to make a disclaimer here, man. This is different. <laughs> this is different, right? And just look at the people that have been through it. But yeah, appreciate you opening up about that. I think it's something that people are really intrigued yeah. by, interested in. It's fairly new to mm-hmm. a lot of people. It's it's kind of it's like the spiritual awakening that's happening in this world. Like it's really like starting to become. But but dude, popular. it's a good time for it. And we again, I mentioned the Zoom call that I was on earlier. The, one of the guys that was on there was he was dealing. He deals with people that are. Um suicidal mm-hmm. and i'm shocked with the amount of people that he's saying he's connected with the with the state and works privately but hand in hand with them and so he gets to know numbers and mm-hmm. the genders and who's doing it and when and why and all this stuff and all this data mm-hmm. it's mind-blowing how many people are suicidal mm-hmm. people you wouldn't even think people you wouldn't even know and when we talk about all of these things in in in, in, in general like it's really just allowing us to let go of trauma, let go of that energy, that negative mm-hmm. energy. We need that. And men are not good at letting go of this energy. Yeah. And we need to be better. We need to mm-hmm. be able to just find a way that we can release. Because women are good at it. Women will go sit in a bathtub and cry for two hours with candles and they'll just like eat their ice cream and they do, oh, this is such a hard day. I hate this. This sucks. And they'll, right, that's right. their release and they'll yeah. ball and they'll let it go. Men don't do that. Oh, I'm just going to be tough. Suppress. I mean, like, yeah, I'm just going to grit, grit through this and I'm going to, I have to because just to rub some dirt in it. That's what my coach said in high school. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> And that's how we deal with yeah. things, but we're not that, like you said, animals and your wife. I love that idea. They don't the natural. It just shake it off, and yep. they they yell it out, and they let go. Yeah, guys, we have to find a way to do that, and that's why the gym works for a lot of people. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's that natural release, and everybody says that, but the, the breath work, the ayahuasca, or the mm-hmm. hape, yeah. or some of these meditations and different things. These are other ways yeah. that we can. It's really suicide prevention. Yeah. And that's the thing about men. Um, I have to say, because like, I think actually men are more suicidal than women. Um, and the reason being is because we do suppress. We are supposed to be that hard-nosed, grained, like uh, the man can take anything. Right? You want to know, know what he said on the call? What did he say? There was two things, and it all had to do with men. Because you just said men are more suicidal. It's kind of true. But I have to, I have to interject because this was yeah, so please. interesting. He said that, Yes, men are suicidal a lot, but the reason why there's a lot of women that are suicidal all links back to a connection with a man and something that they're not doing Uh, or doing to them. Man. It could be rape. Okay. It could be that they're they're physically abusive, verbally abusive, Mm -hmm. but the man is not okay. Do you see not what I'm even, saying? Yeah, you see what I'm getting? So he still has that energy. Mm-hmm. He may not be committing suicide, 
but that energy is now transferred from the man, that suicidal energy, to a woman. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Yeah, it is that is tra- crazy. You can transfer energies, bro. That and is crazy. I, dude, that is absurdly deep. Um, and it is, I totally believe that. And I can tell you one thing, and I hope all the men listening to this hear me and hear my voice now. Because what's going to save this world is men embracing the divine feminine. Mm. And what I mean by that is men only embrace the masculine. The masculine is aggressive, and the masculine loves control. And when we live only on that one side of the spectrum, we become aggressive, we become very controlling, and then everything else starts to kind of downhill spiral. If you look at our, like, look at our politics today. Look at the men that are in the, uh, in, in the politics. They live within the masculine. They live within this control, this state mm-hmm. of, of aggression, right? But when, and so what I want men to really listen to, because men have to embrace that feminine side and we have to be more like our, our women in our life. Mm. And it's okay to cry as a man. It's okay to tell another man you love him. It's okay to hug that man and say, I love you, brother. It's okay. But we don't feel like it's okay because we have this stupid cognitation that we have to be this super manly man and we can't, like, we can't show that. Yeah. But that's literally what will save our world is men embracing the divine feminine within inside of them And literally that nurturing, that caring, that loving, that thoughtfulness that we typically don't carry Mm. because we live within that masculine. Interesting. And so if any man is hearing this and they wonder like, oh, am I I living within the masculine or am I living within both? We've got to have both. As as a man, we have to have both. But if we only have one, we're not going very far. Like we become controlling. That's what, that's what a man is. A man likes control. Yes, absolutely. Right. But when, but how many women are so surrendering that succumb to their man? And if we do that as a man and we can have this nice tailored, perfect, like this equalness, that's when men reach their highest selves. And so I find it super important. And, And once I learned that, and then I started to like really pay attention to men I'm like, dude, like, you know, like take it for example, you go into the gym, right? And you see this super jacked dude. And then you instantly get like this freaking guy. I don't like that guy. Yeah. That's your masculine. That's your aggression. Yeah. If you take it on the feminine side and that dude's super jacked, I'm super happy for him. And I'm really glad he's putting in that hard work. I want to be more like that guy. Yeah. Let go of it. That's empowering. It is. I've said that for a lot of years is that something naturally in me, which I'm grateful for, I call it superpowers. Everybody's got different ones. Mm -hmm. I'll typically go with that. The second one where it's like, I'm so, wow, you made all that money. I'm so happy that you did that. I'm happy for you. How'd you do it? It gives me permission. Yeah. Because everybody says like, don't compare. Don't compare yourself to others. Mm -hmm. I'm calling BS. We all compare. We all judge. Yeah, we, we're going to do it. Yeah. But how are you doing it? Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying. And that's what I'm saying is it's so important to how. If you can look at it as going, hey, I'm happy for you. I don't have envy and jealousy toward you. Yeah. But now you just gave me permission. Just like the, the what was it, the four-minute mile? Right? Yeah, Where yeah, somebody yeah, broke yeah. that. Finally did it, and then the other dude blew it out of the water. Right. Right? Because he gave him the permission. permission. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in your marriage. Like people, the people that you hang out with and that you see, 
I'll tell this. I'll tell this last story. We can we wrap this up. My wife's gonna be like, "Why are you on here for so dude, this long?" This has been amazing. This dude. has been fun. Been um, there's a story, and it was a friend of mine, Mike Isom, and I love this. It's gonna stay with me forever. He's a rally racer, or like a sorry, not a rally, um, like a you know Can Am racer, basically. Mm-hmm, like they mm-hmm. do these big races all over the world. And him and his son got involved in it, and they were really good. They were podium. They were getting on the podium. But they weren't winning, and they weren't winning like the world championships or like this, you know, the United States championships or whatever. They weren't winning at the big stages. And he had an opportunity to be able to ride in the same Can Am or you know ATV as the best racer in the world. Mm. Wasn't behind the wheel. He just got to experience what it felt like to turn and the smoothness. And it was he said it was just different. Mm. I felt it though. I felt different in that seat. You know what happened? The last two world championships they won. Wow. He came back and applied that same thing. It gave him permission. He was able to see, right? So who we surround ourselves with and the experience I have, I I ask God every day, please help me meet the people that I'm supposed to meet so that I can become the best version of me. Right. Because that's one of the most powerful things that that he can give me. Is, is people like yourself being in this podcast. I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful for the, for the person that you've become over the last 10 years and your wife and how she transferred that to me and how you guys are married and you have kids and all of that. To me, that's a positive exchange, and I hope that I can give that to somebody else. Right. Which you are. Which I hope I can. Yeah. That's important for us to be all try to become the best version of us so that we can transfer that and give people permission. Yeah. Well, I just have to express my gratitude for this opportunity to like to be able to to shoot it with you and to talk about it and just to just to have a good authentic conversation with people, man, that are like minded. Um, it feels really good. Yeah, it but does. you know, to kind of go like to to finish it off, um, you know, just most importantly, my gratitude is full. Like mm-hmm. I'm super grateful for this opportunity. I love because I didn't come on here for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't come on here so I could be like, yeah, dude, I'm going to go hang out with Eric and I get to be on a podcast. Yeah. I don't care about that. I care about helping people. I care about inspiring somebody to do something greater with their life. And if that's through plant medicine, please try it. Yeah. If that's through breath work, please do it. If that's through breaking your old habitual habits that are holding you back, please do it. If that's through forgiving somebody that you thought you could never forgive, Please do it because when it comes down to it, we, we all truly, I believe most of us want to help other people, but if you don't help yourself first, like you said earlier, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Yeah. So take care of yourself, create that self love, that self respect within yourself. And I can promise you the right people will show up and your life will change. Like it, everything, like your perspective is everything. Yeah. And if you don't take care of yourself, your perspective stays the same. Yes. Because when, you know, it's really interesting. Like perspective is such a big thing because we all have a perspective on certain things. But when that perspective is changed, almost every single other aspect of our life also changes with it. So change your perspective, like change that into good, like, right? Like, cause you can have a really negative perspective. But make sure you have a positive one, like have a good outlook on life and that everything's happening to you or or excuse me, everything's happening for you, not to you. Yes. Like that will literally change your perspective. Like, hey, that happened for me. That freaking sucked. Yeah. But it was for me. Right. 
Anyways, um, so super good, dude. So many good gems. I'm excited for this episode to come out. I really am. And for everybody listening, if you feel like you got a lot out of it, I did just being here. And if you feel like you got a lot out of it too, rate and review us. Give us a five star. Give us a review and share it. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Anybody you think might be interested in the things that we talked about today about self-improvement, self-development, plant medicine, meditation, breath work, whatever. If you feel like you have people that are in your life that are struggling, because everybody is, share with them. Share it on social media. We're going to share a reel about this. Share that. Um, go follow Go follow both of us. Where, where are you at on Instagram? At Cress Chris Johnson. Cress Johnson. Yeah. Follow us. Only. Reach out. Shoot us a DM. <laughs> Yeah, like please. love to connect both of please. us. Please, if you have questions about plant medicine, dude, seriously hit me up on Instagram. I'll get you my number and we'll talk. Like, well, I'll I'd love to answer any questions for anybody. Yep. Like, seriously, we're all just here in this in this studio today trying to help people become better people, better versions of themselves. So, appreciate you guys listening this far. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, we'll catch you next episode. Thanks, guys. <laughs>